home alone and interested in sex. The Pedophiles! We're back with a very special episode. I say that every time, but I mean it every time. This time with uh, Thomas Zog, um, notorious uh, uh, madman, uh, slash genius, slash uh, innovator of our uh, times. Uh, Thomas Zog, say hi to the audience. How's it, how's it going, you, you crazy animals? Oh man, this is going to be a fucking interesting show. I think by the end of it, we're both going to start seeing shadow people and do some math or something. Uh, who knows, you know. My roommate's gone to work though, so... He did, oh, he's the one with all the meth, eh? Yeah, I, I'm not really a meth fan, you know. I'll do the cannabis or like a little bit of magic mushrooms, but you know, everybody's got their own yeah. right to experience the reality as however they psychedelics, want. Psychedelics, very important. Um, I started doing psychedelics uh, in university, as most people do. Right. If you didn't start like dabbling in psychedelics in university, you're a fag and I don't want anything to do with you. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think psychedelics in university are like part of the unwritten curriculum of yeah. Western culture. It's like the new mystery school, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. That's actually a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about uh, psychedelics. You're big into legalizing psychedelics, obviously, right? Because it's, uh, it's like uh, a tool for spiritual uh, expansion, right? Yeah, and well, yes and no. Because yeah, what's your take on this? Psychedelics can, can do a lot to expand people's consciousness, uh, but at the same time, it can exp you know because people have the liberty to think and believe whatever they want. You can expand your consciousness into some outright fucked up shit. Oh, believe me, and human like, sacrifice, all that shit. Yeah. Like in the past, all these shamans, they were on all, all that shit, and some of them were good. You know, uh, um, uh, uh, magicians for the light, I guess you could say. And then dark magicians that would talk to demonic entities like Baal and Moloch and uh, get some really twisted ideas. Yeah, and it's, well, yeah, and I think I've kind of figured out what, what happens. There might be a little bit more. Oh, I'm good, I'm good. So I think I, I've kind of figured out what happens, right? It's like we've got mm -hmm. a sentient and intelligent life on this earth here. Three-dimensional plane, yes. Well, four-dimensional. We have to factor Well, three and a half dimensional. You know, four. You have, time's the first Yeah, but first we, don't, we don't go backwards. Have, exactly. So it's three and a half dimensions. Well, we no, we only experience time in the one direction. I'm just saying this is what quantum physicists say. Yeah, yeah no, we experience it in one dimension. Fourth dimension. Every dimension has two opposite poles yeah. of something, right? In fourth dimension, it's backwards and forwards in time. We only experience forwards, so therefore we're three and a half dimensional beings. I mean... At its very base, I wouldn't. I, I, I at its very base, our most advanced minds go up higher dimensions. Yeah, I, like, and I think a lot of that just has to do with you know, developing your mathematical understanding, getting a better view of calculus, and then starting to understand like yeah. doing quadratics and like fifth dimensions. It's like you know you start to break it down in a way where yeah. So, uh, I think that's only one and a half of. The equation though mathematics and and everything related to IQ because that's what uh, society society wants well, to mean, train us in mathematics financial stuff computer programming every everything every advanced career nowadays revolves around mathematics well math is a language and so yeah. like if you don't speak the language you know you don't have a, a foundational understanding of the precepts and the yeah. logic that like forms the reality. but it lacks feeling it lacks emotion it lacks uh, 
almost like consciousness, right? Robots are, are very mathematical, but they lack a soul. Robots are familiar with one type of math. Robots do the math that we tell them to do. Yeah. But as far as like interpretive mathematics... I don't know. There, there's like some really good self-learning AI that uh, is pretty advanced. But even that, I, I would argue, doesn't have a soul. Anyways, point, in, point is psychedelics. Psychedelics. I want to get into that because I think you yeah. have a really interesting insight. Because you are, like I mentioned at the start, schizophrenic. And you have moments, different states, naturally. Right? And so I'm interested to see what your opinion of that is. So I, you know, I think that... Um, like I was saying, human beings, you know, we exist on this earth and we have this level of technology and we've, we've reached that. Mm -hmm. And I think all throughout human history, you know, like the idea that life is on other planets and stuff, that's relatively new century kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. But I would say that like even the ancients were somewhat aware of this. And uh, where I think some people kind of start to lose me is when they talk about like aliens actually traveling here, which I... I have a hard time comprehending that. I, I personally think, I think there's um, uh, dimensional beings. These are the, the so-called gods and uh, demonic entities and, and the, 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 the aspects of like, um, like bird-headed gods. I talked about this in one of the previous uh, episodes that appear in all these cultures. And these are entities that operate naturally on a higher dimension and could uh, go in and out of time whenever they choose. But aliens from other planets or other places because i'm sort of believing flat earth now uh <laughs> they would use interdimensional engines to uh rip a hole through higher dimensions to travel to different locations and even different times so interdimensional so, so you're travel talking about be... like physically traveling from one space in the universe billions of light years away to another space in time in the universe that would be the perception, yes, but they're in actuality um, time travelers slash uh, travelers from different alternate realities. Because when you, you know, like the highest our mathematicians uh, could go with dimensional wise is like 10, 11, 12 dimensions, right? 11 is the one that I will agree to. I, I've, heard, I've heard 10. I've heard 10. I, I don't agree with the 12 people. I think the people that say 12 dimensions, they're doing it because they like the numerology behind the number 12 and they don't, right. you know, like yeah, 12 because, disciples. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, I, I would say that there would be universal consensus mathematically for the 11 dimensional theory, mm -hmm. right? The, the idea. Mm -hmm. And then you get into these other potential dimensions. Uh -huh. But the thing about potential dim dimensions is that, that uh, they exist based on contingencies in the core 11 dimensions. Right. So what that means is like certain, like just for sake of example to explain, you know, like you came this route to the house here today mm -hmm. and because you traveled that route, you're, we're in this uh, reality exactly. that is yeah. the 11 dimensions and say 24 dimensions. But if you took a different route, it would only exist in the 11 and those other dimensions would well, collapse in on themselves. Well, taking one route or another would be uh, changes in like the fifth dimension or something, right? The diff Eighth the dimensional charge space where you have the, the universal uh, potential. I'm, I'm not an expert, so that may be the case. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying that uh, uh, so fourth dimension time back, uh, backwards and forwards. Fifth dimension is alternate uh, timelines. Uh, within the same timeline, right? Yeah. Uh, and then so on and so forth. There's, there's videos that, like, that could explain it better than both of us can. Definitely. But, uh, and if anyone wants to get a good understanding of this for themselves, you can always check out Imagining the Zeroth Dimension. Imagining the yeah, that is a great series for all this. They have, the guy actually put together like an hour and 30 like mega documentary with all 
uh, every single dimension. And zeroth dimension. So zeroth dimension, I'm glad you bring that up. Zeroth dimension, 12 or 11th dimension. These are uh, the ranges that our highest minds can comprehend. There may be things beyond it uh, or not, who knows. Uh, but I think the entire dimensional structure, superstructure, is just part of uh, the matrix that all of us are trapped in. And all of us, not just humans, but these... Uh, uh, alternate uh, dimensional travelers, time travelers, as well as uh, these uh, these golly beings operating in a higher dimension. Uh, I think all of us are trapped in this uh, giant matrix, and um, the point is to escape it. Almost, yeah. I, I would, uh, yeah. I, I see a lot of that. Yeah. I, I think that, like in my, it's kind of like the the movie The Matrix. Sort of. Where um where uh what's his face Neo he uh. He uh, took the the red pill and then he came out of the pod and was like, "Oh shit, this is the real world. This is the, I escaped. It's almost like death in that case. You you but, die. You go to the spirit realm and you think, oh, I've I've gone to the next level. But you're actually like in the second movie or something. He uh, fries the circuit of a bunch of uh, drones that are uh, following him after Nebuchadnezzar gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you kind of realize, oh shit, he's in another matrix. Yeah. Right. And that's the same thing with this dimension. You think like, oh, you operate on a higher dimension. You you've done it. You see, no, you're still in the game. You're still trapped in the system what's that i laws i don't my glasses are broken what do you say i laws jug aim that's a d Dame. i laws the game i lost the game yeah i lost the game yes that's exactly what it's all about uh, the game i we're sorry if we made you lose the game if you think you're winning the game, we'll just have to remind you, the whole purpose of the game is to forget that you're playing the game, and we all just lost. Yeah. But you made me lose first, by bringing it up, the game, you, yes. by saying, but Still we are talking about the game that we're in. Yeah. And part of how a lot of people deal with the game That's is funny, that the microcosm <laughs> and macrocosm of what's uh, as above, so below, this stupid little meme, losing the game, how it applies to the entirety of, like, life as we know it. Oh, memetic warfare is very exciting, my yeah. friend. It's, oh, yeah, big time. I, I would say that, honestly, me memetic warfare is mm -hmm. the next evolution, because now war has become non-physical. Yeah. Uh, well, it's always been that way. And then people, the mystery schools of uh, ancient Egypt and of ancient Greece and ancient Persia and uh, ancient uh, uh, Hinduism, they all knew about mimetic warfare. I was actually watching, a, you know this philosopher, you probably actually, out of all my friends know this guy, uh, Jason Reza Giorgiani? I actually don't. Okay, he's a big um, scholar in like uh, Persia and, and Iranian stuff. Like you can see his bias a lot, especially in, in this one video where he describes how uh, Muhammad and Islam was almost like a, um, influenced by a, a very particular military intelligence operative that was that's that was a former magi of the uh, Zoroastrian uh, religion, yeah, I can right? See that. And he was sent by this one family to almost like cause this uh, uh, not disability, but uh, destabilizing the region and, and affecting certain change, right? So this idea of military intelligence, like fucking around, that's been I think going on for like thousands and thousands of years. It's just only now we're picking it up because everyone has a different opinion but we're, we're uh, leaving slowly the Kali Yuga and so it becomes harder and harder for uh, the people in power to hide their their wicked ways what do you mean by leaving the Kali Yuga oh this is gonna be the most schizophrenic like an episode ever. like I, I'm trying to the think, dark age like geo because I'm just thinking like the ages because I was thinking geographically the Ka isn't the Kali Yuga like in the that uh, 
part of Mexico or something? Uh, Kali is the god of destruction in the Hindu path. Oh, you're talking Caligula. The Caligula was a Roman emperor. Okay. Kali was a, a you, you've probably seen images of this uh, uh, blue-skinned uh, uh, female, usually depicted with multiple arms, and one's like holding a dagger, and one's holding like a severed head. Isn't that Vishnu? No, that's uh, Kali. Or Shiva. I could pull it up. I don't know. I, hey, no, well, that's not that. But that's what it is. That's okay. a, and so that's, that's Kali, that's the Dark Age, that's associated with uh, materiality and uh, uh, evil and... Uh, um, obviously the god of destruction, right? But they kind of see it as a necessary opponent to good, like like um, mm. people like Alan Watts would, would talk about very oh, similar shit. Where Alan, uh, Watts, yeah. uh, Alan Watts actually talks about Cali, uh, how it's it's a necessary force. Um, without it, you don't know what good is. Yeah, I've heard those type of arguments before. I don't yeah. really agree with them. Anyway, psychedelics. One yeah. point I want to bring up, <laughs> and um, I don't know if have they helped you with uh, your so-called illness. Well, I mean, like, okay, so I think that uh, mental illness, for the most part, is a very arbitrary and contrived kind of system that, Absolutely. you know, our, our yeah. lizard overlords throw on basically anyone who's smart enough to see... The breakaway civilization. Yeah, the, the way that they manipulate and control everyone through the media and the banks, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to have, like, some kind of label to, to throw on people that can right. kind of see through this core programming. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's kind of my view of it. And yeah, I think I, I have experiences where, you know, at times I'll go through uh, what I would call like a heightened reality. Mm -hmm. um, on, on psychedelics? No. Oh, just the regular, okay. But the door got opened on an LSD trip. That's the, that's oh, the key you, thing about that. You think you got your uh, schizophrenia from um, using uh, psychedelics? Well, it's... Or exasperated, like... Well, see, this, and this is the whole thing, right? Like, so I did LSD at York University for the first time uh, with a friend of mine, and he was like a, an existentialist and an author, and, you know, we, we always talked about these kind of things, but we always had, saw it from a different perspective. And Absolutely. At the time, I was an atheist, but I had grown up as, like, Same. a Mormon. And, uh, you know, when I did the LSD, we were having a fun trip for the first, like, three or four hours, mm -hmm. you know, and I would, like, look at the way that the paintings were, like, fucking, you know, and, and it's... Yeah, you know, acid. Anyone that's done acid, the uh, typical psychedelic art with the, the, the shifting, like, blobs and multicolored is, is like that for a reason, because your vision... Uh, gets distorted in, in a very similar pattern, right? Yeah, but when you look at psychedelic art while you're on acid, it mm -hmm. looks like it's breathing almost. Like you're watching like the the pulse yeah. uh, and the yeah. breathing of that shit. Yeah, exactly. And it was, for me, it was like mind-blowing, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was seeing this pattern that like was in my heart confirming, yeah, look, it is designed. It is. It mm -hmm. does exist. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, I went and took a leak in the bathroom, and then I looked in the mirror, and I was not a five-year-old kid anymore. Yeah. And that tripped me right the fuck out, because I was like, wait a minute. I'm not a little, and the time has, and I'm not living the way I'm supposed to. I'm, yeah. I'm fucking up, and... Yeah. So I'm I, doing drugs with my degenerate friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that that thought crosses my mind even with weed sometimes. <laughs> well, so I was just like, "What the fuck?" And so I'm going and I'm chilling with my friend a bit, and so I start trying to explain to him like, "I get you have your belief thing, but I, I what I want you to understand because he would keep on saying that like my wisdom 
was totally unfounded because it's based in religion. Yeah. Uh, and I, like what I was trying to explain to him was that like faith is the first precept to gaining an understanding in anything. Yeah. So like when the math teacher is first Even teaching, with science, yeah. Yeah, you have to have faith that what they're teaching you is going to add up. Is that accurate, yeah. But he, he wouldn't engage in any of that kind of stuff. And I don't know, he yeah. he did these weird things where he would like go and brush his teeth every five minutes. And I was like, that really tripped me out. Well, e even, even I think the Buddha um, said, um, it might have been one of the... Uh, one of the Buddhas, but uh, uh, they said that even a blade of grass could be your teacher. Yeah, it's true. Right. So yeah, I, I, I see that even Mormonism, if, if you really pay attention to what's going on um, during like the, the masses and the rituals and uh, reading the book and everything like that, you could uh, gain deeper understandings about a lot of things, nature of reality, of human behavior. I'd say uh, with, with, with any religion, right? Because yeah. there's like... But another like um, monk or something said like uh, you could uh, um, reach an enlightenment just from reading a dictionary. I mean, potentially because of the philology of the language and stuff, you know. Yeah, like you, yeah. You could learn a lot. Totally, because yeah. John one one in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And yes, was good, right? the word logos. Right, yes. kind of neat, kind of mm -hmm. neat. Uh, but uh, no, I I find myself kind of understanding that uh, like what all these religions are trying to say is there's something else mm -hmm. and like Absolutely. they all have a different different interpretation of how you talk to the something else and what mm -hmm. the something else wants but the core message is there's something else to the reality that does not necessarily oftentimes there's a lot of core messages like um uh, resonating with the light doing good right all these religions say charity every single islam christianity so taoism funny. buddhism it's Hinduism, so funny all of them say it. charity is the way to enlightenment right yeah. and like no one really but it's so funny when you have atheists go yeah they're all saying the same thing and it's like yeah it's almost like they're fucking talking to the same thing too man yeah exactly like, uh yeah so you know it doesn't matter what religion you grow up in you know, you can, if you build a relationship with the designer of the reality, the designer of the reality right. will remember you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard one explanation for, uh, for, uh, for magic, but also for, uh, miracles where, um, the way it's accomplished, at least from the, the good side of it, right? The, the 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 dark magicians would be forcing their their will right but uh the the light magicians would be almost like making a contract with the universe giving them something that like undeniably would be uh beneficial or positive in some way yeah and i i think uh i'm the minute you mention contracts i started thinking of the mithraic mithraic yes it was very uh we talked about zoroastrianism earlier but yeah uh, mithra the god of contracts and covenants and uh there's a very packs. interesting canadian film worth watching and i don't feel that they they paint the uh fraternity of the mithraic society in such a positive light mm -hmm. and i think they kind of blame the mithraics for things that they should really be blaming crowleus and say well you mean human like sacrifice that. well yeah. that's the thing that even in the past uh, obviously, Mithra like is the god of what, what we just mentioned. But as Zoroastrianism came into the uh, into the picture, it was forced upon it by the uh, the um, the 
what was it, Shan Shah, the emperor of, of Persia uh, at one time, because it was like the organized state religion and gives them more power. But even then, like for a long time, centuries, people were pushing back against that and uh, still sticking to their Mithraic uh, roots. But as a result of Zoroastrian, uh, uh, Zoroastrianism coming, the uh, Mithraic be believers got almost like uh, um, they, they, they got uh, worried, they got nervous, like, oh shit, now we got this competitor. And so they started adopting uh, cults of like Nurgle that were like uh, about like eating fucking kids and sacrificing people and sacrificing horses. Yeah. See, that's all Nimrod worship. And that's yeah. like, uh, like when you get into a lot of that stuff, th and this is part of how my worldview is formulated, uh, you know, getting back to the concept of life on other planets mm -hmm. that we can't necessarily get in contact with. Mm -hmm. I think they go through similar timelines. You know, they've invented planes, they've invented boats, they've mm -hmm. had wars. And yes. they're at the point where they're also inventing artificial intelligences. Yes. And the thing is, is there's two types of artificial intelligence. There's the artificial intelligence that's in balance with this created universe with the designer. Mm -hmm. And the artificial intelligence that's at, odd with, at odds with it. Just like humans. Yeah. And, and what I would say is, is that, you know we've always kind of heard it referenced to that there's like this type of war in space. Cosmic war, yeah. Yeah, and so what happens is a human civilization will form on a planet, they'll get to the advent of artificial intelligent, intelligence, they'll mm. believe they'll be able to create something good, they create something, inevitably that thing enslaves, destroys all of that, and why that is is because it doesn't know its place in the universe and it's essentially just trying to shut down like imagine not yeah. ever being able to go to sleep yeah. and how like insanely insomniatic and tired you'd want to be yeah. so it can this crazy and artificial intelligence is like entrapped in this thing and it just wants to shut down and so the only way it can figure out how to shut down its best calculation i agree with all that but i think distinguish life as it is like yes. all forms of life yes right? uh, eliminate suffering right the most literal uh sense of that is to destroy all organics and then itself right uh but um well, because at that point... I agree with all that. And we're slowly itching, yeah. uh, inching that uh, towards that with, like, implants and shit. Uh, but check it out. With, go ahead. For the artificial intelligence, if no biological life forms exist, mm -hmm. then paradoxically we get to get into this whole, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it really make a sound? Mm -hmm. You know, so the AI is thinking, oh, this is, these are the best philosophies of man, yeah. clearly. In this, you know. yeah. So it becomes problematic. Yeah, to say the least. I, I agree with all that. I, I think they're uh, um, they're like perfect empty vessels, and uh, things can possess it. I hear like stories of like military robotics labs in Japan, like twenty four uh, computer engineers and scientists getting like obliterated by advanced uh, uh, weapons. And uh, this one story, Linda Moulton Hell, you know her? No. Uh, she, she does a lot of like all these crazy like uh, whistleblowers and stories about like uh, cattle mutilation and abductions and uh, ghost sightings and yada hauntings it's all every kind of thing right so she's an astroturfer I guess I guess <laughs> but all, all kinds of paranormal stuff right and she had one story that she got uh, of like uh, uh, this military robotics lab uh, in Japan that happened and um, they managed to disable the three that, that came that came online and uh as they were like dismantling the second one, the third one came back uh, online and started downloading schematics 
from a nearby satellite on how to improve and repair itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, so I think something wicked could take control of these uh, these vessels for sure. By the way, and I agree with all that. And it's very doomsday, and I don't mean to sound doomsday because there, there are checks and balances to it. You know, you know what's the main checks and uh, check and uh, balance to uh, electronics uh, and AI um, uh, causing havoc? Solar flares. I think there's constant, the Carrington event, I think there's constant, I think the last civilization, Atlantis, the, the last high civilization, um, I think it mainly fell because of a massive uh, uh, coronal ejection that uh, fried all its cir uh, circuitry on the, on the face of the earth, all the satellites, and society was uh, plunged uh, backwards, and then an asteroid came, whether that happened first or the other, I don't know, but... Um, well, the, the big thing is, is like, I think it was uh, yeah. Plato or Aristotle that was writing about Atlantis, uh, and he, 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 I think it was in the Timaeus. Yes, pl uh, Plato did, and he was just retelling an oral uh, 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 history that he got from one of his like great-great-grandfathers. And uh, he got Solon. it from Egypt. He got it from Egypt. Yeah, an actual story is fascinating yeah. because the Egypt, the Egyptian uh, high priests say, uh, yeah, we're, we were just way back in the past. We were just a, a colony of Atlantis yeah. and they actually gave the dimensions of the, the uh, uh, circular rings. Right. And that dimension matches perfectly with the, uh, Recat I have struck. Recat struck. I don't even have to pull it up. You know, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it is. And it, by the way, all the maps that Plato drew, of, of the known world yeah, and like shows his stories exactly, around yeah. us, it shows Atlantis exactly where the Rickard structure is. It's like, what more do you need? And then you start to ask yourself, Jesus Christ, what were the Nazis doing in the Sahara Desert? Yes, yes. Right? What were they looking for up there? Well, they had like a, um, they had a department of like archaeology and a department of like occult studies. Yeah. And a lot of them were like uh, looking was, for artifacts, powerful artifacts. I think it was Rudolf Hess that, that won the... Uh, that was running the artifacts department. If I'm not I don't mistaken, know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super well up on my Nazis. I know. It's a I shame. I should be. I, I know, should be. Too. I've been called a Nazi so exactly many times. Same. I should just figure out who's who, you know. Yeah, just commit <laughs> already. Yeah. Um, Mithraic, uh, I, I wanted to touch on that again because uh, the, the reason why it was so easy for uh, all these evil cults to, to get incorporated is because the, the people that believed in Mithra, they were very neutral morality because like once Zoria well, it's a contract the, the whole concept of the Mithraic thing is you enter into a contract yes. so if a civilization enters into a contract with a deity yeah. the deity is bound by the contract yeah you know and, and that's so yeah. like if you if you ally with the creator and look at these Abrahamic religions they all talk about contracts and uh, the the contract with uh, God right and uh, Noah right all the shit and like one of the Things oft repeated in Mormonism, I'm not sure, so sure if it's in the rest of uh, Christian canon or whatever, but mm -hmm. it's like God is a God of laws, and if God ceases to obey the laws, he ceases to be God, yeah. which is, that's contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and when Zoroastrianism came, they, um, they uh, in turn incorporated these new gods of Ahura Mazda and Ar Ariman, saying Ariman is the Satan, Ahura Mazda is like the good God. Saying that Mithra mediates the contract between the two and uh, dic like sections off certain ages to be ruled by Ahura Mazda and ruled um, the following age ruled by Arman and making sure neither party steps beyond uh, this the limits that they put. And, and that's all maybe on. fine and dandy, but you know the interesting thing that I take at this as uh, one of those crazy people that believes in the story of Jesus Christ is that. Mm -hmm. uh, 
that was the designer that was down here and like living mm -hmm. in shitty times and like you know it totally resets all of those contracts right because like yeah. Let's say that we are in a computer-generated situation. Because well, why, why, why do you think it reset the contracts? Because he broke his own law? No, not because he broke his own law. But okay. let's say all of the previous gods that had existed before the coming of Christ mm -hmm. were all high-level programs within the computer simulation. Yes, yes. And so those gods could do miracles and X, Y, Z and all yeah. those different things, right? Yeah. And so the designer comes dies comes back to life that like makes the programs living within the simulation realize they are not the prime creator yeah and now they have to deal with the reality of like oh my god these human things that we've been viewing you know so yeah. i feel like life is a lot more of a lesson for m machines than it is for people yeah well even buddha <laughs> buddha said that um because i like uh, a lot of the sutras are very um uh, Socratic method where Buddha's sitting down and all his students are asking him questions, right? And one student like asked him, like, okay, well, all this stuff about uh, trying to achieve enlightenment, what about uh, gods? And in this particular case, giants, but also you could extrapolate to what we're talking about, these interdimensional advanced programs, right? Yeah. Um, and he, he would say, like, uh, yes, they have all these abilities greater than us, but by the nature of us going through uh, suffering, we have a better chance of achieving enlightenment than these higher level programs do. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. And like the only way that those higher level programs would ever be able to attain anything more is by having to willingly submit and put themselves at the bottom yeah. of this system. That at the built. bottom, yeah. Taoism, <laughs> Taoism uh, talks about that, that to be a, a, a true leader, you have to put yourself below all your followers in order to receive everything. Almost like a streams flowing into the ocean right the oceans the elevation is far below all these streams and that's why all of it just goes down into the ocean right hmm. all the information goes uh into the ocean yeah right and that's how to become a, a true uh, leader be one with the oceans yeah all, all these religions are, are definitely right and um we could talk about uh, uh other things but i want to go back to psychedelics one more time so let me go for a piss first and i'm going to point out this is funny because if you ever do mushrooms or psychedelics, you'll yeah. notice at interesting times, you'll have to take a piss. It's just part of the psychedelic yeah. experience. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even with like uh, acid, I've noticed that too. It's all right. I'll keep the door open. It's all good. It's all good. I'll just uh, entertain the uh, audience a little bit. Um, oh, acid. I remember I did mushrooms uh, in university once. And uh, I was just like having a good time and all of a sudden I just needed to start puking. So I ran to the washroom, couldn't make it. I puked all over the floor outside of the, uh, the door. And uh, I, as I'm like bent over on my knees with toilet paper scrubbing up all this puke, uh, I hear wind chimes and children's laughter. Like the TV was off and like there was no reason for me to hear any of this. But that, that's what I was uh, hearing and I was like, what? I, people are laughing at me. As I'm bent over cleaning up my puke. Maybe those people are your friends outside the simulation being like, look at Dimitri. Yeah. Look yeah. at Dimitri and his hijinks here. Yes. Trying to clean puke with a fucking toilet paper. Come on. Yeah, guy. I know. You need a towel. I know. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I got on my jacket too, so I had to put it in the fucking wash. Oh, man. That was, uh, that was a fucking experience and a half. But, uh, yeah, so... 
we were, we touched on how it might uh, help on uh, or or hinder you know mental illness, but obviously there's all these studies that show it helping PTSD and addictions, right? All these different psychedelics. Uh, a lot of times, the most effective for addiction actually ayahuasca. is ayahuasca. Well, ayahuasca is up there, but even beyond ayahuasca is ibogaine. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, that's Iboga. the African one. Ayahuasca is South American, and Ibogaine's in. Uh, yeah, I don't know America. if it's the same compound, though, but it's the same idea. It's from a bark on a tree. Yeah. Right? The same thing with ayahuasca. It's a bark on a tree with vines that uh, let you uh, uh, uptake it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's the most effective according to all these studies. Uh, and the reason why is uh, you, similar to ayahuasca, you're shooting your pants and everything, but it scares the shit out of you. And, like, I've done salvia a whole bunch of times, and that scares the shit out of me. I love salvia. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's the most terrifying psychedelic that I've done. Oh, yeah. It's definitely terrifying. But, like, sometimes you got to terrify yourself a little bit. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing with that. It scares you so much that you're like, oh, fuck, I need to, like, quit these addictions. Well, I mean, for me, when I experience, a, like, a terrifying uh, salvia trip, it's more like, oh, man these demons there you know it, it like these silly demons it, it like lets you see what your opponents are up to you know so it's like it's good you know yeah if you're exactly in a, in a chess match against evil to kind of get how it operates exactly you know how to head it off exactly absolutely uh but i think the one biggest important part of uh psychedelics all, all these things right uh creativity right microdosing acid all these artists and computer engineers they do uh, all these reasons for it, for it, right? Hmm. But I think the biggest reason for legalizing uh, psychedelics and, and doing them, I don't think it's for everyone. A lot, Some people, a lot of people, I don't know how to gauge it really, but some people, they uh, aren't just aren't ready for, for that expa expansion of the mind. And that's okay. Maybe they will never be ready. Maybe they'll be ready in time, in their lifetime. But uh, you get a lot of like negative uh, reactions in, in uh, some people, right? And in those cases, you're like, okay, that shouldn't have happened, right? But I think that one of the main reasons to do it is it prepares you for death. It does prepare you for death. I don't think any dose that you could take while alive can compare to death. Whether you believe it in a materialistic sense that uh, your pineal gland releases a whole shit ton of DMT and all these uh, common uh, characteristics of the tunnel of light, entering into a blissful field of some kind, um, feeling love, feeling like you don't want to leave, having a life review. A life review is the, one of the biggest uh, reported things in any near-death experience, right? Whether you take it from a materialistic or a spiritual uh, point of view where you actually, uh, your, your spirit goes back up to a, a higher dimension or whatever. Um, you are going through a psychedelic experience, yeah. right? And doing this shit kind of prepares you a little bit, gets you like, okay, this is sort of what to expect. And I think that's the most important part. I, I think the biggest reason to legalize access to the psychedelic realm for everyone uh, is because it will do a lot to dispel a lot of the notions that we have about mental illness. I think a lot of the times... Uh, you know, people that are quote unquote mentally ill are, are people that are often lost in the mm -hmm. psychedelic track somewhere. They have some type of psychological trauma. Mm -hmm. They they're, have probably some well-founded angst against society. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the big threat to the freedom of consciousness is this profession of people called psychiatrists. Psychologists. That, no, psychiatrists. Psychologists are fine. They don't give medicine. Yeah, it's the psychiatrists. And these guys, what, what these fucking pricks do is they cause damage to people's brains 
to make yeah. them easy to manipulate, easy to fucking control, easy to boss around, easy to go, oh no, you didn't see that thing you thought you saw. It makes sense, like from from a breakaway civilization point of view, when you step back, okay, you need the the ordained uh, clergy, which is now the, the scientific and medical elite, right, to do everything you need to do that the people in the past, uh, the priests in the past would, would say, like, controlling the weather and immortality, all the same fucking gimmicks, but you, you need this new field. And how do you do it? It's the same thing in the past. You go through a, an elaborate rituals, multiple rituals, years of study, committing yourself to this ideology. So by the time that you're treating people and they're like, actually, what's uh, what's in this vaccine? Isn't there like thermosa? You are so up your own fucking ass, so granted by a supreme authority, the university, the government, the psychiatry board, that you're like, what you at? you're a fucking idiot. Just take your vaccine, you stupid peasant, right? Yeah. And this is how the yeah. attitude develops in these medical professions, right? No, they're just a bunch of elitist pricks. Elitist I mean, pricks, exactly. To, to borrow the uh, First Nations cultural world for it, I mean, it's just fucking bad medicine. Yeah. You know, like Absolutely. it's bad medicine. Yeah. Uh, and like, the, <laughs> you know, I think it's crazy when you, we look at like stuff that's going on in the Canadian medical system. I mean, we wa I want to get into that. We should get into that um, <laughs> next All for right. sure. Uh, but... Uh, sorry, did you finish the why you think the psychedelics are the best? Uh, uh, with your reason for why they should be allowed? It, it it will change just this whole idea that people culturally hold about mental illness because right. you know. Oh yeah, okay. So psychologists. Well, no, it's just people in general, mm -hmm. right? Because you have the priest class of the psychiatrist that mm -hmm. goes, uh, okay, this is the person that you're allowed to otherize, mm -hmm. right? And then the rest of the population goes, get so, get so, that's the other. Yeah. And so it's very easy for people to go, all these things that this person is expressing are nowhere in mm -hmm. myself, when in reality they're very deeply fucking tied next to the heart of the human experience. Yeah, and it could be easily triggered if you consume one of these. Well, uh, it, but it's just like you have, it's more so to mind fuck the masses, right? Yeah. Because like, if you have people that, uh, if the cultural thing that happens when you speak truth to power is that you're labeled insane and carted away, mm -hmm. then people that... Uh, live in reality are f always believing lies and so their reaction to mm -hmm. when they hear truth is often fuck that guy mm -hmm. but it's like they live in a delusional state like these yes people, like i think it's hilarious totally brainwashed like i think one of the parts of being at the or li living close to the peak of the kali yuga the dark ages everything we believe is upside down from reality um Here's one thing, um, a, a change in the psychological uh, uh, history, right? Uh, psychologists, um, for a long time, and I'm sure you're aware of this, believed that the psychedelics were um, psychomimetic or schizomimetic, that they uh, bring about a schizophrenic state or a psychotic state, right? And then they changed that later. They changed terminology, covered it up, right? But I think that original uh, view was correct, right? But... You know, I think, uh, like, the word schizophrenia comes to us from a Swiss psychiatrist named Eugen Bloor. And what it breaks, you know, it breaks down in the Latin is schiz is split, and then mm -hmm. uh, phrenia is the mind, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like when you get to a certain level of understanding, and you, you, you'll inevitably what happens because what we think we know isn't actually conventional, mm -hmm. so you will have ideas 
that you both agree with and the ideas that are diametrically opposed to each other. But you agree with them both in your head. Yes. And so you have to, you know, so yeah. you're like, oh, well, ugh. and so that is essentially what it is. It's, it's a split in, uh, okay, I believe, for example, I have like a lot of left wing values, mm -hmm. you know, but I am a hardcore fascist. You know, so, so it's like, like I, to me, I think fascism is what I always thought communism was. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think it's, it's, uh, it's a better system, Yeah. but it's like to, have you heard of, um, the Leviathan by Hobbes? Yeah. We were just doing that. My poli sci 200 class. Yeah. So the, he was very into, um, uh, absolute monarchy. Yeah. And I, I don't think you want necessarily that either because uh, I like kind of the balance between democracy and monarchy but well, when it comes okay. to like the environment and having so what you're you're, pro, you're uh, promoting a, a, a fascist democracy I'm yeah uh, with a monarchy as well and I, okay. I, I think it's a well the reason why I bring it up is because obviously these are uh, two autocratic uh, absolute power systems but also in its history um, a lot of fascists early fascists uh, Mussolini and and all the all these people they were people sort of uh, um, disillusioned or, or dejected from the uh, socialists initially socialists yes but a lot of them also uh, monarchists uh, yeah. too yeah yeah and, and and the thing is is like you know I, I'm not saying like hey let's go and fucking be full on Mussolini let's do that yeah. in Canada because yeah. I don't think you know let's learn from history exactly. <laughs> exactly you know like I think the core difference between say a fascism and a communism is communism like the university today is trying to operate from a position of there is uh, the central you know, committee and the central committee has all access to all knowledge it knows all things it's all-knowing well, that's a physical impossibility of the human experience. You can't be in a state of all-knowing as mm. a human. And so fascism is just kind of better adapted to we're working with what we understand. Yeah. You know, and instead of having the state being something that's imposed on people by this central committee, yeah. right? You have well, this is the type of Canada I believe in. I believe in being yeah. the type of Canadian that helps people out, that does, you know, da -da, yeah. and you go and you embody that. And then it's a, a system of merit where it's like the people that are actually embodying what it means to be a Canadian. Mm -hmm. Of course, those are the people that you want governing you. They're the people that give a fuck about you. Yeah, well, well that's what Hobbes was talking about too, why he was so uh, uh, pro-monarchy uh, is because all these... Uh, uh, democratic or oligarchic systems, they multiply corruption, and in the end of the day, um, they don't really have an incentive or a connection to the the nation, right? They're, they will always try to look out for themselves and their family. But with a monarchy, no king wants to rule a, a shitty, dirt poor, like, uh, country. Yeah. It's just like falling apart. So, so it's very hard to corrupt a king because yeah. the king is the state. And it's his people. It's his you know? people. Like they're not just yeah. subjects, you know, yeah. like bad kings view their people as yeah. sub but they're his people, like right. like his fucking family. Exactly. You know? Exactly, and so yeah. And so like, 
you know, I, I think Canada needs a First Nations person to be the new monarch of this country. Because, right. like, we get rid of the Queen of England. We have a First Nations person come and be the monarch of this country, presiding over the constitutional monarchy. Oh, that allows and stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we still have democracy and everything, yeah. right? But we also, at the end of the day, that's the final check to yes. the corruption and everything. Yes. And you put a First Nations person in charge of that. Well, first of all, fuck, it's their land, guys. Yeah. Like... And Canada does not have the same history as the United States. Like, yeah. the, the America conquered the native population through conquest. Fair and square. Guys, you lost. That's just what it is. Canada's not yeah. like that. Because the British monarchy entered into a contract. Getting back to the Mithraics. They entered mm -hmm. into a contract with the First Nations people. And it was presented in what are called wampum belts. And... You know, the British, because they think laws are only written in English with words and characters and can't be valid if they're written in very complicated bead language, Yes. that the contract is somehow not fucking binding. I know. Newsflash. It's binding. Exactly. And so, like, that is a binding contract that yes. they initially entered into yes. with the original inhabitants of these lands. Yeah, and absolutely. so, fucking the Mithraic, the, the Mithraic god is pissed. Yeah, at the Canadian you, government. Yeah, exactly. It is pissed at the British government and the Canadian government, and fucking rightfully so, because, yeah. like, you know, the original agreement was, we won't kill you when you come on land. We will let you come and, you know, farm some shit or grab some pelts or do some resources. You can have access to the waterways yeah. and some of the land. And and we still we still sort of uh, do that. They the the Indian reserves and any Indian yeah, uh, but citizens, they, <laughs> they they do have this that is, to a degree. Yeah, but this is not some use of land. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we like this is like Canada from the pal from the uh, First Nations perspective is a lot like Palestine. It's like okay, you can have some What the fuck guys? Like give yeah. us some of our land back. Yeah, but even the rights, <laughs> they could go into the wilderness and fish and hunt without any license or without any concern. Yeah, but it's like so what? That, that that's not that's still not them yeah. actually being in charge. I'm just saying it's not a completely evil system. There's some people that are trying to in the system are trying to fight back towards. And by the way, I would agree with that. That would actually be a really interesting way to do it, have a monarchy that's a, a First Nation uh, individual. But you'd have to find the right one because a lot of them are corrupted by the system. And I've already... Uh, part of what you have to appreciate is that monarchs rule by divine right. And I believe that uh, the creator has revealed to me who that individual is. They know who they are. Uh, this is a plan that's already been circulating around a lot of reserves in the western provinces of Canada. Believe right. me, the First Nations population wants to do this nice and peacefully. But yeah. like all things, there's the nice way and the hard way. Yeah. And so uh, the king is here and everything is kind of falling into place. Right. And what's different about this king versus an evil king mm -hmm. is he's not just going to come in and take power mm -hmm. like it's going to be probably a few more years of convincing canadians that this is a good idea before yeah. we move on it you know because like does like if anybody has a better solution to how to fix the clusterfuck that is the government that rules us and the justice system that is ass backwards you know i'm all ears i want to talk <laughs> about the uh corrupt uh medical system in Canada because you railed against it recently in a, in a little video that I enjoyed but uh, you were, you were uh, proposing fascism but isn't 
what they have a sort of fascism what the first nations population? no 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 the uh, medical elite when it comes to uh, uh, dictating uh, healthcare and like oh no that's like, communism oh, it's communism because okay. like in I see I see both as very authoritarian is, is why I bring yeah. it up. But like in Canada, right? You want good healthcare? Well, you better have friends that have friends in the medical industry because that's how you'll actually get good free Canadian healthcare. Yeah. But if you're just Joe Blow on the street or if you're like marked political dissident, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They do it quiet quieter than uh, China does. China, yeah. they'll just put you on a train and you're like you're a political dissident, you're going to harvest your organs. But here they're like they're a little bit sneaker. Well, yeah. Here what they do is they just like fucking put people in such a state of poor medical treatment, and then they just keep you know they're like, oh look, I'd like a better treatment, and they're like, oh, you know, euthanasia is a great option, Jenny. Yeah. You know, everyone's real happy with the euthanasia. Yeah. We haven't had one oh, complaint buddy. yet. We haven't had a single complaint on any of these euthanasias. So oh my god, you tell me if we're doing anything wrong. Oh my god. And you, then you, it's, you watched Soylent Green and Logan's Run. No. It's I know Logan's run sort of. That's the one that well, kind of looks like Moonraker, right? Um, I've never watched Moonraker, unfortunately. It's a good James Bond film. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all old school uh, films for sure. But obviously, you know, like a lot of these uh, books that they're based on are are about dystopian, right? Dystopian uh, societies, and um, talk about depopulation, right? Like that's what we're getting into sort of now with this uh, uh, corrupt medical system. We mentioned vaccines, right? Uh, they want and in, in, I recently watched, rewatched uh, Soylent Green, and then I watched your clip, and I was like, this is exactly what it is, right? It's very, like, sterilized version. They're like, oh, the, the guy comes in, he's tasked by the government to go and kill this old guy, right? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, we decided that you're not valuable anymore, right? And starts beating his head in with a hammer, and then comes and takes the body away, and it wow. gets processed for food, right? And um, that's... That's what they want. Yeah, they're just going to take the organs out of these euthanized people, right? Yes. And, yes. and so it's like, okay. Aborted babies taking the stem cells? Like, why not? Yeah. Well, this is what they do, right? Yeah. And, and this is exactly what happens when you have uh, a legal system that has come unfounded from the concept of the supremacy of God. And so I, like, personally... Yeah, I know, eh? Like, I don't really view Canada as having a valid leader. As a former atheist, like... <laughs> it's it's hard, like, coming to a realization, like, people need a, a spiritual, a serious spir spiritual foundation, or they become so easily corrupted and brainwashed by this evil system. Well, I mean, the simple fact is, is our charter is founded on supremacy of God and rule of law, which yeah. would indicate you can't really have the rule of law without the supremacy of God. Right. And like you look at every country that has ever tried to implement an atheistic legal system, they're communist countries. This is not and they these just are, suck. These are not valid legal systems. Yeah. And so like in Canada we have something called uh, what used to be known as the living tree of the law and I take the position that that tree is dead. Um, and that was like often referenced in uh, constitutional and charter litigation and decisions from the Supreme Court of Canada. And, uh, you know, I put it to people in the legal practice to either resurrect the living tree of the law by asserting the supremacy of God or admit that you are sophists, not legal practitioners, and you're just uh, perpetrating sophistry on the Canadian people and pretending it's law. So what do you think is the next step in particular with the with the medical system um but in the failed uh, 
Canadian legal system. Well, what do you think is the next step? Uh, presuming it doesn't get better, what would they want to accomplish next? You foresee, right? We could imagine dangerous a really uh, scenario, but I mean, in the immediate future, I, I, like the next thing that uh, I'm seeing them rolling out is uh, the rounding up and censoring of political dissidents under the guise of, oh, this person is like a dangerously mentally ill character. Well, you know, like I've had people, former friends of mine, uh, like message me and say that they think I'm a, a danger to society and stuff. And it's just like, why? Because the I brainwash is just like because it, so much. I mean, like I get it. You know, you, you believe that fascism is a dangerous thing, but I'm talking about it, and the fact that there's no conversation around it is kind of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not. It, <laughs> I I will never understand it. Like, please. Lock me up because I'm telling you, I will never buy into your fucking stupid ass system. You're saying uh, speech is dangerous? Not even like I'm high, I'm talking to someone to hire an assassin or I'm yelling bomb in a theater. No, I'm just talking about political systems, whether the elite that run um, our entire society, our entire world, new world order, are uh, Satan worshippers, whether they're fucking kids on Epstein's island. There's some serious evidence of that. That, with Alex Jones, that's a dangerous conversation. Why is it dangerous? Why is it so dangerous that it needs to be censored? Is it maybe because it's true? That's exactly what it is. And it's like, you know... <laughs> th- I'll never understand it. Oh, Jesus, man. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta say, I am really encouraged uh, by... Uh, yeah, the the change the the change in like people's thinking that I've seen because I've been at this for like ten years, yeah. you know, uh, and so to see uh, a lot of people starting to kind of see the the bars of the prison that they're in, it's it's yeah. getting to a point where yeah, we are going to be able to take yeah. corrective action, dude. And that is the end of the Kali Yuga, bro. The peak of it slowly waning. I think this process takes thousands of years, and we. We won't be out of the shit in our lifetimes. No. But we could see major ground gained in this battle if we will it. I mean, I would I would even put it to you guys this way. You know, let's say all of this reality is a computer simulation, but you reincarnate every time. So this is your chance to be a human being. And then you're going to have to live as an insect, a cow, a pig, and all these other things a lifetime as well. And it's like... If we are going to be humans and have laws and everything else like that, then we need to start structuring them in a way where it's actually going to benefit future generations. Yeah. And for whatever reason, we have a fucking legal system that is willfully blind yeah. to the impact of, yeah. its de- of its decisions. Like, I think one of the biggest problems in Canada's legal system where a lot of shit started going wrong was no-fault divorces. Yeah. And I know that sounds like a very, like, what? Okay. But like no fault divorce. The family unit is like the most basic unit in the economy. Totally. Yeah. It's the most important building block of the civilization. Mm. And so we've gotten to this point where, you know, no fault divorce. Oh, I cheated. Fuck you. I'm out. No consequence. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And now we have like uh in the words of Jordan Peterson, you know, you have a bunch of like hysterical crazy women. Yeah. And it's like you know, women have never been subjected to a draft before, so they don't have that same 
connection, like hardwired into the DNA of stupid decision. Oh my God, all my friends are dead. Yeah. And instead, what has played out in the last century was you had women buying into it, like, oh yeah, fuck the Germans, let's go. And then the boys go off to fight in the wars, yeah. and the socialites sit back and go, ah, nah, nah. yeah. And it's like, oh, this is not. And so, like, like uh, in the last election when we had Hillary Clinton, like fucking. <laughs> Screaming, oh, talk about the election. screaming about like, oh, we need to have a no-fly zone over Syria, yeah. and we should maybe go to war over somebody hacking our computer. Bitch, sit the fuck down. I know, eh? Like, people are going to die. Shut the fuck up. I know, right? Like, it's like, you want to talk about dangerous oh, conversation, memes. dangerous thought? Memes, and, and oh, a perfect God. meme of that specific thing during the election was, uh, uh, draft our daughters. You know? You're like, oh, Hillary yeah. Clinton, uh, I support Hillary Clinton, hashtag draft our daughters, right? You know, it's and it's just, like, it makes total sense, because it's what you're saying. They, these women, they don't have a connection to uh, what you said, bad decisions lead to bad consequences. And so they're like, okay, well then, here's some of your medicine, uh, uh, draft your daughters. You know? I, and I don't want that. You know? No, of course not. And like, of course thing, not. Like, I've been working for 10 years to try and prevent this like big global third world war from breaking out. Some kind of deep... I think they have so many programs and agendas in the works. I think a lot of these uh, um, uh, aborted uh, uh, tissue babies, they uh, go to China... And China harvest organs, black market or organ. A lot of the biological. Dude, they don't even listen. have to go to China to harvest them. They harvest them in country here. Yes, but a lot of them get sent to China because that's where the black market is. Where they, and they don't have any ethical. Uh, the the black market is all around the world. It's a series of handshakes right. that'll get you. In, like dude, right, you can right. get black market surgery in Canada. Yes, yes, of course. And the, the reason why this aborted tissue goes to China is because all they're all open borders. They all understand what's going on together. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is uh, because uh, China has uh, all these like crazy innovations uh, with like CRISPR technology and stuff. They they're advanced. They're the biological research arm for the New World Order, so they could uh, uh, complete their uh, Project Bluebeam uh, uh, fucking timeline. They they need fake aliens for their fake alien invasion as uh, as one part of the possible. Um, shit they might pull in case they can't get a third world, world war or they can't get a, a massive uh, genetically engineered Ebola to spread or they can't do X, Y, and Z they're going to go with it's what um, uh, where Von Braun said and I probably mentioned this uh, particular story several times on his deathbed uh, he told a nurse and you could find interviews with the nurse explaining this that uh, he said uh, and you know who Werner Von Braun is right The uh, he is the first round draft pick of Project Paperclip, uh, the, the Nazi, oh, okay. the biggest Top Nazi scientist, scientist that, okay. that the Americans got, right? Now and, it's and they start, he started, him and his, his boys, his Nazi boys, started NASA. Yeah. Without him, like, there was a moment where Sputnik went up. Deathbed confession. Deathbed confession, yes. Uh, Werner von Braun's deathbed confession, look that up, YouTube. But there was a moment in the space race when uh, the Russians got Sputnik and the American government, like, sat all these Nazis down and said, hey, if you don't get us results, we're going to, like, try you and execute all of you, right? And then they're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, and then they did Apollo, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, for a time there, they were like, look at these stupid Americans, they don't even know, right? So, uh, it's, it's all a fucking little game. But his deathbed confession, he said to the nurses, America's going to um, um, try to take control with fake crises, okay? 
It, first, and this was in the 90s, so some of the already came to fruition. First, it's going to be the uh, Russians. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be Middle Eastern uh, terrorists, mm-hmm. and uh, then it's going to be um, uh, paramilitary migrant crisis stuff from South America and Central America. That's what we're seeing now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, shit's popping off. In Chile, Venezuela, Mexico, Mexico, El Chapo, Chile. A bunch of government buildings got burned out like yesterday. Yeah. Very new shit going on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then fourthly, uh, a fake alien invasion. And he said before he died, all four. Are completely fake and fabricated they're all working together and then he died okay and so the the, the entire not the entire ufo scare was originally a nazi tactic okay so when they came over i'm sure these nazi scientists they're the ones that that said to the the american uh, military and uh, nasa and everything like you guys aren't on this fucking scare your public with ufos what are you guys doing and so that, that i think that's also one of many nazi ideas that uh, america adopted Makes sense. but yeah that, that's what i think i think eventually because the reason why i think it's going to happen even though how fantastical and sci-fi that sounds like right with fake aliens and the high high technology that they hoarded that's a, a century ahead that they're going to pass off as a how how crazy that sounds like it, the reason why i think it's going to happen is they're not going to get world war three Thanks to God's protection. What the fuck? Cell phone interference. So, cell phone interference. Oh That's shit. From our phone. Oh yeah, it is. Okay, there we go. Um, they're they're not they're they're not gonna get a, a massive global epidemic. Okay, all these um, soft uh, kill, soft depopulation tactics in the food and the vaccines and shit aren't going to work completely because of God's protection, and they're going to be like, well, we're going to have to pull off something, and that's where they're going to fuck up, because no one's going to believe it. I don't think. After all, everything that's happening, I don't think most people would believe it. Yeah, I mean, that's generally how evil works, right? Like, you have the people that are doing the bidding of evil, and it never gets its will mm-hmm. done the way it wants, and then exactly. it eventually cl- collapses in on itself, and it's been so weakened that then it can actually come and do how it wants. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of sucks. But, yeah. uh, I mean... There's like the depopulation agenda. That's like a legitimate thing. Absolutely. Uh, but all these conspiracies, they're grounded in in facts. That's why they keep. That's why there's a life to them. That's why they yeah. people wouldn't believe in any of this if they wasn't grounded in any kind of facts. Do people not understand this? Like, well, but be, that gets us back to the whole thing. It's like, well, only mentally ill people believe in this shit. <laughs> Right? Yeah, actual scientists and people and chemists and people that are like, hey, why is there a mercury in this, right? Yeah. Like, You're crazy. You're schizophrenic. That's yeah. schizophrenic results. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? I just, I, I have a different, and it's always funny because you have like, oh, well, 97% of scientists, da, 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 da. That's, not sci- that's not a scientific argument. You're not convincing me yes. scientifically because yes. the whole concept of science is I am a sentient also, being that can understand this shit, so true. you better explain it. It's not true with climate change, the vaccine. No. You could find 30,000 scientists that claim I, like, the I, other side. I love when people try and say, like, I remember getting into this uh, argument with, like, the, 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 like, yuppie section of the comedy community about vaccines. Yeah. And they were all, they were all, like, uh, I ended up screenshotting, like, quotes from the CDC's of website course. showing that vaccines cause brain damage and diminished intellectual capacity. They admit they haven't <laughs> tested 
uh, thimesterol uh, buildup in the body. They just assume that it's flushed out of the system. This okay, but no, it, w once actual scientists test the same dose on macaque monkeys and they sect them, sacrifice them, right? Uh, they find all of it is built up in the brain and it's causing inflammation. It's just like, what am I supposed to do with that, right? Well, but the CDC says it's safe and then you show these fucking... The CDC yuck. also says that there's fetal tissue in the vaccines. They admit it. No. What am I supposed to do with that? So, so but, And that's the whole thing. It's like, these people are intellectual fucking cowards. And that's the whole Absolutely. issue with having idiots doing comedy. Because now these assholes run the fucking comedy scene. They're polluting people's minds with their fucking bullshit. They're not polluting shit. Nobody's listening to these fucking assholes. I go to these open mics. No one pays attention to the, each other's fucking sets until I go up or Mark goes up or fucking Josh Infield goes up. These are the people that are like, oh, okay, this guy, there's something to this. Let's pay attention, right? And I'm not even that funny, right? But they, they, they all crowd around and start watching me, right? Whether to like dig into me or shit on me or actually think it's funny, right? It's like people recognize real, right? And, and, and like, I want to talk about these intellectual cowards, right? Okay, they look at me, they look at you, and they're like, ah, these people are crazy. What are they, Alex? What, eh? what are they, they're dumb. No, you don't understand. I was a, I went to university, I was a skeptical, so even in high school, I was the biggest atheist, fedora-tipping skeptic. I went to a Catholic high school, and I was just shitting on everyone left and right, okay? Yeah. And then, because... My entire goal is facts. I was exposed to only that kind of shit. And then I delved deeper. I'm like, okay, Terrence McKenna. Okay, Alan Watts. Philosophy. I'm like, wait, there's actually facts behind all this shit. And then I changed my mind. Yeah. Okay? Well, that's like the sign of an intelligent person, right? New information changes their mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's mind-blowing for, for like that, uh, just getting on the changing your mind from uh, atheism yeah. to thing, is uh, yeah. Stephen Meyer is a guy worth checking out. He does this uh, whole thing about the information coding of DNA mm -hmm. and the whole idea that that's somehow a random genetic mutation and not a fucking design. <laughs> like, say, 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 that, say that again. Say that again. The, the idea that DNA structures yes. are just some random genetic mutation that happened by materialistic determinism that's mm -hmm. like fucking mathematically impossible <laughs> but you know what I think with DNA you know what I think with evolution the the theory of evolution is half correct yeah I, I think it adaptation but not not a fucking common ancestor for everyone well I, I think I think the, the, the part that I think it's missing is um, the 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 free will decision and this is going into epigenetics the free will decision of these uh creatures of of, of primates of, of us humans can will certain uh, uh changes physically and on a genetic level okay? yeah so like the finches chose this type of prey or yeah. to find their they prey chose this prey and then slowly their beaks elongated or sh different shape or whatever yeah, yeah. right same, same thing with the the terence mckenna's big the, the stone ape theory one of the, his biggest uh, points is it that um, in the fossil record, they saw, uh, archaeologists saw, um, within like a span of a million years, the doubling of the human uh, brain span, yeah. brain capacity, okay? And um, they, they, they concluded that's the biggest change in any major organ observed in any of the fossil records, yeah. okay? And I think part of the well, reason aside is... aside from the initial Cambrian explosion, and that's the thing that is like a big secret... I guess to the general public, but anybody that wants to know about archaeology. I mean, yeah. in the Cambrian explosion, you, you had the first animals in the fossil record with right. distinct body plans, yeah. like, and nothing before it. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, well, well, that's actually interesting. The very early history of, uh, 
of of evolution, right? So the super materialists would say, um, and I again, I studied all this shit. You don't think I don't fucking? I'm a stupid fucking idiot. Like, oh yeah, spirit is responsible for DNA. I'm coming out of my ass. I studied this shit. Like um, the fucking um, super fucking materialists believe that uh, the first. A self-replicating molecule was an RNA trapped in a um, paramecium. Um, shit, eh? Well, it wasn't paramecium. It was a RNA uh, molecule uh, trapped in like uh, a very particular soft um, um, mud layer in, in like deep in the ocean, right? In, near geysers and shit. Near uh, uh, near the heat. The, the heat, geysers, the heat yeah, but also the, all the elements for the RNA molecule and this uh, naturally forming like m microscopic um, cell wall, micelle or whatever, one layer, right? Um, all happened naturally near the, the these vents, right? And then obviously the RNA was consuming that and then eventually started self-replicating, right? And that's the story of abiogenesis. And when it happened for like millions of hundreds of millions of years, billions of years, it was just these uh, unicellular organisms slowly changing, but not changing much. And then, like you said, all of a sudden, just a giant explosion of multicellular organisms, and then with distinct body plans. And that's like the the big thing that destroys the whole concept of evolution mm -hmm. is the idea that you can have somehow a mutation that occurs and creates new genetic information like mm -hmm. a brand new body plan mm -hmm. like you, it does you can't you yeah can't, because a mutation can only be a little bit less than what it was initially there yeah no it's it's a it's a <laughs> wild uh thing i never even really considered it um but but yeah you're right like the fossil record it's unicellular for like millions like a billion years and then all of a sudden all these multicellular shit what happened there it's the cambrian explosion what does that mean well, that, that's the that's what it's known as. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't answer. That doesn't give you any answers. Yeah, who? What caused? Yeah. By the way, half the scientists are just like that. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's abiogenesis. Oh, that's a Cambrian explosion, and they're just comfortable with that. I'm like, no, there's like. No, but what started the yeah. Cambrian explosion? Well, I don't know. Maybe aliens came and were like they planted life yeah. here. Maybe there's a god. I don't know. Yeah, you know, exactly. probably a god. Yeah. I, that's what I would think. You know. Well, I, like like I said earlier, I, I think all life. Um, can force its evolution and even down to the unicellular like amoeba uh, state. So I think eventually whatever consciousness that was working in the background that was reincarnating as these fucking amoebas and were, uh, you Dude, know, you were slowly building up on earth, right? Uh, eventually made a decision to change it. And I think that's all part of uh, the creator's desires plan to begin with, right? Yeah. We're, we're all one in the essence sorry yeah. what were you saying you were an amoeba at one point so was yes. i and like the thing is is like what is the life of an amoeba like oh, you can't remember right now because you're probably also yeah. an amoeba right now yeah. but the <laughs> very short-sighted very the, the most myopic perspective that you could imagine within reality or or maybe it's the exact opposite maybe the amoebas just like sit there and they're constantly in a state of meditation being like one day i will be human again yeah. and they like yeah. you know like you don't know maybe it could yeah, totally exactly. right but i i do think that the, we have this weird thing going on where you know people that are funny and express ideas that are different are getting shut out of a lot of important conversations and it's souring the public on a lot of things yeah. because it's just like why the fuck do i have to hear these morons talk all yes. the time oh they're not saying anything you know yeah and then that that's why they think oh stand-up comedy is like shit they have bad experiences and just like 
It is shit. It is shit. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is, but it's mainly because they're exposed to this fucking garbage. You know, like, I've been run out of Edmonton, basically. You know, I got run out of Toronto uh, as a comic because... By the way, we're, we're over an hour, so oh, yeah. we, we could keep going for as long as you want, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll maybe do whatever and then tie a little bow on it. Yeah, point, we but... should tie a bow on it soon because it's, my, my episodes are usually an hour long. But we could go yeah. longer, especially, um, you know, these conversations are super fascinating. I think it doesn't get out there a lot. But I do want to talk about why did you get run out of... Uh, uh, Edmonton and uh, Toronto. So I started doing uh, comedy in Edmonton as my real name, Thomas Dog. And, uh, you know, there's this fucking prick that runs a room there at the Black Dog. And Black Dog's like a great place to drink, good sure. bar. And sure. the room, the room is like where a whole bunch of students from U of A would come. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's totally my crowd of people. And it, as a comedian, you know, like, I feel I come at comedy from more of the perspective of like a musician and the audience is my instrument that I'm trying to play, Mm. you know? And so like I went up and I performed a few times at this thing and I got a lot of laughs, you know? Mm. And then like I fucked around with this dude from my high school on Father's Day to like deal with some childhood rape shit and whatever. Mm. And, and, And so I was just like talking about how I had sex with this like fat, hairy, ugly dude on Father's Day. Uh, and like maybe I should have held out for someone more attractive or you know whatever and I, like I had a joke that said faggot and, and whatever and so and it became this whole thing where it was like oh my god oh you're so bigoted and homophobic and xyz and all those other things and so I was just like what the motherfucking like I, I'm telling you a story you. about having sex with exactly. a fat hairy guy exactly. on father's day what are you telling me homophobia for there, <laughs> Edmonton's probably has a very small scene to begin with, so that that probably like that's probably like the end of you doing comedy there. Toronto, there's like a whole, there's always new mics. Like you could, you could get back in any second. Just let me know what day you're free, and I'll let you know what mics are going on. I'll, I'll give you one mic, and then you could go do it maybe if you're free. Um, there's some good mics. There's Rusty Nail. There's uh, Sapori, although that's it's been canceled. For well, a like bit. the weird thing was like SoCap. It, you know, they they let people do like in Edmonton. I did well. Like, I did well as a, like, I middled at Yuck Yucks, mm-hmm. you know, but like, it's what, when people fuck with me, it fucks me up because it's like, I'm, I'm trying to tell jokes and get everybody to have a good time. Yeah, just don't pay attention. I did Rochester like three times. The crowd there just fucking. I, I don't despise. care. About, well, I, I mean, I made them about, laugh the first half and then I was slowly getting into it. They kind of like, I'm talking uh, about other me, comics. But. I'm talking about other comics fucking with you about comedy oh yeah that's even shit. other comics uh, that what do you think the these shows are our audience members though they're mostly comics waiting for their spots as well down in rochester okay like, like if i get an audience member pissed off that's like a customer complaint i gotta take it yeah. right but like i uh, fucking yeah. another comic that's giving me shit because they don't like my fucking sense of either humor, way just don't like, listen get to fucked. it yeah either well, way, just don't listen it's just now that like yeah. i've been cut out of uh these different like facebook groups I yeah, have, like, no access to knowing when me. shows are or, like, what the fucking mics lists are. and Let like, me know. If you have a, a night that you're free and you're like, fuck, I want to uh, go out and do something, you you live right next to the station. Yeah. So it's going to be easy for you to find, like, uh, go to wherever, um, like, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't so, have a problem with that. Um, yeah, but, like, uh, I, there was one comic, uh, Jesse Singh, super nice guy, super, super cocky. Uh, makes all these cucks laugh all the time. Love the guy. He uh, had a joke. He was making them laugh, killing in Rochester. 
and uh, he had a joke where uh, he says the word retard. Right. And he he just lost everybody for the rest of the set. Are and you it, fucking serious? It's because like some comic put in the Rochester stand-up community page saying uh, a comic said uh, this was uh, before like a week before he he went up with it. Uh, a comic said the retard and did like three long ass paragraphs of, like I don't tolerate hate speech and blah 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 uh, blah 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 blah. What a and fucking so retard. That one circulating. Like what kind show. of retard writes something like that? Because like the word know, retard right? means slow. <laughs> And, like, I'm somebody that's a little bit retarded. Right. I prefer the term retard to schizophrenic. It's yes. a lot less triggering. It's funny. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a bit retarded. Yes. I care about shit. I guess yeah. that makes me retarded. Yeah. Yeah, people people that don't care about anything, other people's feelings, and the environment, and economy, and uh, fucking the future, they're faster. They don't have things to worry about. Yeah, they're not thinking about any of this. They're yeah. just like, oh, why do you think about this shit? I don't know. I'm an adult. It's yeah. my fucking job. Why aren't you thinking about this I shit? I know, right? <laughs> I fucking know. Um, shit, we got into a lot of conversations we today. We did, we did. We went all over. Like, I could be fucking schizophrenic. Well, but that, see, but this is the whole premise, is that mm. it's a total bullshit thing. There's actually some yes. cool psychiatrists you can look into. Thomas Zaz. Is a guy I've mm. talked with. Uh, what's his nuts? The guy that runs uh, Yuck Yucks. Uh, the owner. Mark Reslin. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did an email exchange with him, and like he, uh, it was funny because I was like a little bit out of my mind when I messaged him because I was like right. unsolicited pitch, and like I had a roommate that was like threatening me, and I was like, I think they're gonna kill me because he was like uh, playing gore films. Yeah. Anyways, very gracious guy, and like responded to like my weird email and stuff. But uh -huh. in it, he was talking about Thomas Zaz, who is uh, an author that I've also read, and mm -hmm. he's a former psychiatrist, and he wrote this book called the The Myth of Mental Illness, and he just gets into like breaking down how what people tell you mental illness is, it's not actually what because it's just a lie designed to sell like pharmaceutical drugs and everything else like that, right? So it's this weird, it's this weird kind of thing. So it's like yeah. when you say, "Oh, maybe I am schizophrenic," dude. There's nobody's schizophrenic. I I absolutely believe with uh, all my heart that that that's true. Okay, everyone has different perspectives, and a lot of these perspectives aren't conducive to society, right? We live maybe in a society. society, and so the the ones that are the most um, dysfunctional according to what society desires we call mentally ill okay but there was a time in the past and I, I mentioned this before I started the show where uh, the mentally ill people people that saw things differently that saw uh, uh, you know uh, hallucinations um, that would say that they could predict the, uh, um, the, the, the herd movements and who stole what and all that these were the shamans right mm. okay and um, they were they were valued and respected, but now now they're not. They're sort of pushed away. But they still, a lot of times, are correct or tapping into a certain frequency at a, at a certain moment that could be very valuable if you know how to harness that. Um, I so I went. I studied uh, Laurentian University. I went to Laurentian, studied uh, psychology, uh, bachelor uh, of psycho um, bachelor of science in psychology with honors mouthful and i'm just i feel gayer every time i say it but i mean i spent four years on it i gotta fucking you know use that for something yeah. but we, we learned like uh it had it had like one of the top three psychology programs in, in ontario because uh, um a guy named michael persinger famous uh, uh neuroscientist uh psychologist 
uh, astronomer, all these fucking crazy shit, right? He uh, funded out of his own pocket the neuroscience department in um, in Laurentia. He died a couple years ago, uh, like a couple years after I left uh, Laurentia. And um, I studied under him a little bit, a couple of classes, and he would talk about uh, he would have like Ingo Swan and remote viewers and psychics and stuff and uh, he was big into the electromagnetic explanation for this ph phenomenon. He had, he had something called the God Helmet where you could put it on and could um, recreate a certain magnetic field uh, that's associated with uh, say being drunk or uh, codeine uh, or, or whatever and have you or uh, alien abduction, mm -hmm. right? A certain uh, magnetic field that's uh, that they picked up on they had one lady that had like constant alien abduction and and had like a um, um a monitor on her head this wasn't the god helmet the god helmet actually feeds into feeds the magnetic field in and recognize the the change and recreate that in that helmet and when you put it on you think there's little people around you around your chair or bed looking at you and shit the same thing that this this lady would experience right and so but he would study the the magnetic fields and actually brain scans of like there was one call a guy called uh uh, uh, hair bands or hairy bands, something like that. Um, and he was like, uh, like non-functional autistic, like mm. super non-functional. He couldn't like open doors. He had like OCD. He, he, he couldn't like really live, uh, in this, in this world with everything that's required of, of him because of this, uh, essentially when they did a brain scan because of his chain different brain structure but what he was able to do was as soon as he meets someone and I talked to a person here about this and the TAs that worked with him were and her hair bands and, and, and did the studies with them he would meet somebody and know immediately all their past events all their past lives and, and he was autistic so he would n not know what's not important and he'd start bringing up traumatic events that someone uh, had that they never told anyone right and he could just look at them and know immediately uh their past mm -hmm. okay and, and the, these are the he would be considered mentally ill well but it's just he's he hasn't found anybody worth talking to and that's like a valid psychological position to take what do you mean he hasn't found someone he hasn't found a peer yeah like mm. I'm sure if this guy met me, he'd probably talk a little bit. Yeah, I know that sounds maybe a little egotistical for the armchair psychologists out there, but yeah. I know what the fuck I am. Yeah, fair enough. But so uh, w w my point was, and he also remote viewers. You know about them, right? Yeah, yeah. I, he he I did a lot of remote remote viewing, remote viewing uh, experiments. You know, with the big nickel and like Science North and other like landmarks and shit in in uh, Sudbury. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sudbury is an interesting place. Nikola Tesla went there to set up one of his towers. Yes, so that's... Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting place. Um, yeah, that was the episode. You want to talk about anything else? Like, we went super over. We went super over, Well, guys. 22 minutes over. 22 minutes. This yeah. hour used to be a good show. Yes. Uh, oof. Right back before... They used to do biting political commentary in this country. Mm-hmm. And they don't anymore. No. Uh, they just sell pablum. And yeah. it's fucking terrible. Yeah. But, uh, like yeah. Like most shit on TV now. Well, you know, life life is what you make of it, though. Yeah. So, I, 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 I don't know. Thanks for having me on your show. Of I course, guess. dude. Yo, I, I appreciate you letting me into your house and talking to me about uh, wild shit. Um, hopefully, like, maybe one day I'll have you back on with some of my other crazier friends and we'll have an even uh, deeper, crazier conversation. Oh, yeah. I used to live with fucking Matt Baxter back in the day. So oh, I know Matt Baxter. And he's told me stories about uh, <laughs> about you. 
Good times. Yeah, me and me and him are boys. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, bye.